Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcomed in this space. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Bad Betches, the only Bad Batch-focused discussion show hosted by the Imperial Senate Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby, and joining me as always are my beloved co-hosts and Bad Batch members of our own personal Bad Batch, Nikki Kumar and Claire Stribling. Okay. There we go, Clone 469. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Oh, yeah, no, not too bad. Living la vida loca, you know, as yeah. they say. As they do say on occasion, yeah. yes. Oh, God yeah. Bless. Happy International Cat Day. Yeah. Where's Dooku? We're going to say Happy Cat Day. Um. Well, you see... Um. He, he he ran off. I don't know. I don't. He was literally. I have. I'll show everybody. I'll show the class. I have a chair. I have a co-pilot seat for Count Dooku. But of course, he decided um, to leave his co-pilot seat. So here I am alone. He's fixing the hyperdrive. He is fixing the hyperdrive exactly. I always felt that R two D two was a cat. You know, the cat energy. So that feels right. <laughs> He does kind of um, have cat energy, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what have we all been doing this week? Anything entertaining? Anything good? Uh, saw a little movie last night. Yeah, Suicide um, Squad. Yeah, it was a blast. So, looking forward to that. And then I was able to come home and watch it again. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a great time. Uh I would encourage people to watch it if you're into that stuff. So, because maybe you also too could have a good time. Maybe. <laughs> I hope. I hope for you. You do. It's kind of hard yeah. for some people, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But... You know how to. Can't please everyone anymore. You know. Well, I certainly had a good week. I had a little break from my phone. Had a break from Twitter. Had a break from just everything. Well, I say break break from my phone, but. Had a break from certain things. I sort of catched up on a bunch of stuff. I've been doing a new girl rewatch, and I'm, as you know, I started like what, a week and a half ago. I'm already on season four. Yeah, the last time you texted me about it, I was like, "Uh, how have you gotten this far already?" <laughs> wow. Okay. Did you like disable the thing on Netflix that asks you, "Are you done watching?" I like, I like, I like leaped the screen and click next episode, so yeah. it knows that I'm purposely like I'm alive. Yeah. It doesn't always pop up, but sometimes it does. And I'm like, how dare you? What a dumb question. Also, I feel like there's certain shows that just, just should not have the skip intro button, and that is one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. like, how dare you? How dare you infer that I would want to skip that intro? Um, oh, no. But yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm an intro skipper for New Girl. I'm a big intro skipper for New Girl. Until they switch it to the guitar only part. Yeah, I'm a I skipper. Feel that. I'm a skipper. That. It's awful. It's so, hey girl, what you doing? I'm like, no, no. Like mute no. this. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I'm about to mute this episode. Is what I'm about to do. How dare you? It's uh, true. Man. It's like, why? Who wrote this? Why? Who is responsible for this? Who do I have to send? Actually, no, I won't bother Ludwig anybody Doranson. about it. But Ludwig, did he do the intro, like the actual like so. intro music? Too? Oh yeah. my god! There's there's no way that's not her. Like, 
She had to have made that, right? She, she, like, oh, I mean, I think they they definitely worked together, but like. Hey also, I, what are you doing? I have a specific Where thing about, about it as well. <laughs> is that I, I always do the whistle along with with, with at the end of it. <laughs> so yeah. I have this. That's part of it. It's just part of my yeah. rewatch thing, and I understand if you don't like it. That's you know, as we're here, we all understand people have different preferences, but I have to exactly. do it. I will say, DNA. when you hit the skip intro button, usually it doesn't cut that part off. Because <laughs> oh. they don't oh, want to cut off any of the, the actual episode. It always get... is like at least half a whistle. Well, I've got to have the whole build up. I've got to have that energy. And also, I, I love Zoe Deschanel. So, additional Zoe Deschanel material is not a problem in my book. Um, I also have been doing a lot of other stuff. Like, I finally watched Birds of Prey, which I know Nikki will be proud of because I've been saying for about a few months that I'll be watching it. Haven't done it. Finally done it. Really good film. There we go. There we go. Really fun to see you McGregor have loads of fun during a movie as well. So I'm really excited to see that energy in Kenobi. Um, watch the Suicide Squad as well, alongside uh, Uniki mm-hmm. and the world, I guess. And also I finally caught up, well, not completely, but I've caught up with an arc or so of the Darth Vader comic, which I really wanted to do for a while. And let Very me tell cool. you this. Let me tell you this, okay? Greg Pak is a genius, and I want him to know that Ochi Bastoon is the best character in Star Wars. <laughs> Ochi, Ochi, you and Ochi. There is a Good there boy. is a there is a panel in the in the book where the arc ends, where Darth Vader is rebuilt, and so is Ochi Bastoon, and they have like a power Batman and Robin stance, like. We're the bros who are going to be doing the, like it is fantastic. It, I just love every second of it. It's it's Brochi of Bastoon, man. There we go, Brochi of Bastoon. That's perfect. There you go. You're welcome. That's a shit idea. Can I have that one for free? <laughs> Marvel, you listening? No, but honestly, I really, I really loved how that book. Like, I think it does the impossible. In terms of, well, not impossible, but I feel like it's it's been the most inclusive of all three trilogies so far. Like mm-hmm. that Vader arc manages to be completely set in the middle of like, the most powerful moments in the OT. Deals a lot with the grief and understanding and stuff of the prequel trilogy, and then it's him talking to the the, the big eye of Webbish Bog. I'm like, wow, okay, well, this is what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty cool to see all that stuff going big on. Guns. And I'm finally caught up with Star Wars, actually, as well. I'm caught up up to the Bounty Hunter arc that's currently going on, because I want to read them in order. And I'm that, you know, that, that comic book guy that has to read every single specific comic in order of the events. So, you know, that's how we're doing. Come on. Perfect. I always did the cat job of all the books and stuff, which I'm still behind on. Yeah. I'm behind uh, too. I one day I will I will catch up to the High Republic. I had the first wave done, but I'm still still catching up on the fate wave two of phase one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember how they're marketing it, but whatever yeah. phase wave chapter they're doing, um, the rising cool. storm will change your life. I am so scared because oh, I, I gotta say, being on uh, Knights of the Nerd Republic and listening mm-hmm. to Jared yell about Kevin Scott, <laughs> it was an experience of like, oh, 
I have so much anxiety about reading this book now. My life is going to get wrecked. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, like, bring it on. They, they, the like key sequence is literally some of like the greatest action in Star Wars, like ever. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I just remember reading it and being like, "This is like this just deserves to be a movie." <laughs> it, it, and that, that's not to like knock the the literary form at all, but like just like it deserves full VFX, full sound, like actors going fucking nuts like it 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 was so good um and yeah it's it's just the wildest ride to read that book Um, so yeah definitely check it out people high republic is is rocking it right now yeah i'm really upset about it because i need to catch up with those books particularly because i can't listen or watch any kevin scott interviews which for me is a big blow because that's my asmr have you heard Mm. that guy talk (laughs) oh yeah like, oh, Lovely good man. lord. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you see him, and he's like, no offense, but he's like one of those people where you, you just assume someone has a voice. And then you listen to it, and you're like, whoa. Wow. Like, what a great voice. Yeah. Oh, fantastic stuff. Um, well, why don't we talk about The Bad Batch, which had its penultimate episode air last week, or this past week. And I think we can all say safely, what an episode, right? Immaculate. So good. Immaculate. Immaculate storytelling. Yeah. I will say, as soon as I saw that title card, I had a, I had a mixture of emotions. I will say that. A mixture of emotions. One pure joy, the other pure terror. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be an awkward homecoming, folks. <laughs> this this episode, it had so much emotion to it. I think I think this was the most like emotive I've been in an episode because um, there were there were cheering tears, there were sadness tears, which I didn't expect. But like I like I could not believe I was crying for a planet, mm. and and that's and that's because of how just the the film craft of what they did and how they did it um, is was so good. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a good talk. I know that much. Absolutely. Well, before we get kickstarted, just to remind everyone how we do this, what we do is we go through key points that we've some sort of summarized for the episode. They're all in chronological order, but we're not necessarily have to be constricted to those chronological orders. We can jump around and talk about certain bits, but we try to go straightforward. Um, if you want to ask us any questions, feel free to do that in the comments. We will we'll get to them at certain points. We'll have a little break and then we'll get to some of the questions. So don't feel like we're ignoring you. We're going to get to those later to give you full attention. But before we, we do that, let's just dive into our first point, which I feel like I couldn't name a better point <laughs> before. I thought we'd just name it after the episode Return to Camino. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Man. Man, <laughs> man. <laughs> where, where do we even where do we even go? Um, the the first thing I can think about when like just thinking about Return to Camino, the use of the Camino music, and how it was less mystery from Attack of the Clones and more like sinister. I'm going to stab you in the <laughs> like. There was something. It just felt so much darker. Um, hearing that music again, and yeah, I mean, this is this is the twilight of of Camino. It's will eventually find out. So 
it is very fitting, but also just really, really cool to hear, hear that cue again. I like don't even know where to begin on how I feel about this episode. The tone was set right off the bat. The little musical nods, especially the return to Camino, the the Attack of the Clones nod, just from the moment that music hit my ears, I was just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Instant dread. Fabulous job. Kiners times three. All excellent. Like excellent, excellent job. Um it's so it was so eerie too because there was like the the air of mystery that you you alluded to it also it's because they're coming back to nearly an empty camino everything's mm-hmm. gone when they panned through all of the empty nothingness i literally was like overwhelmed with just i'm like i can't even breathe in this moment this is terrifying this is this is this is too much, man. The, the just right off the bat, instant dread, instant emotional distress, and what an amazing way to set a tone. Especially since you know, obviously, we come into this episode being stressed because we know Hunter and Crosshair come into the Camino. But oh no, oh no, no, no! Just the the things that they showed and didn't say on our on those first moments, you're just like, and crap. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and um, just also before everyone starts returning to Camino, the the little bit on on Ord Mantel, I want to see the footage of Sid and Gregor trying to figure each other out. <laughs> yes. uh, because that would have been some good shit. I bet. Um, oh. <laughs> so I wonder what her like nickname for him would be. Crazy. Maybe. Yeah. Pickles? Giggles would be good. Yeah, it's, goggles uh, and giggles. I think that would be a good duo right there. Yeah, that, that's like a whole spinoff waiting to happen. He's got experience as well, working at places. So he could like work as a chef in the background. You know? Yeah, flipping burgers, burgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that would have been a great. Do you think Sid is kind of like Billy and Gremlins? Where like they had like the the first set of troopers and now there's like constantly like Rex appears and now Gregor by season two it's just gonna be like a full bar for it'd be like the new clone bar. Yes. Yeah. Just... yeah. Didn't she didn't she like say something like that when Rex showed up? <laughs> when she's like, yeah, I put like, up a few guys. I didn't, yeah, <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't come I didn't uh, ask for more of these guys. Um but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, um, as you know, I love the prequel trilogy. We all grew up with them. So I think for us, our generation at least, there's a lot of emotional semblance to both uh, the planet, uh, the characters, the iconography, but also the the musical core. And using that John Williams theme was such a beautiful element because not only does it represent episode two, it represents Camino and the clones, but it also represents that era. A lot of that music was was the key repetitive music in the the games, the merchandise. Like, you know, if you play Battlefront 2, Battlefront 1, the original games, those themes were on a loop. So that's mm-hmm. always been in our heads. And so when you hear that theme once again, it's like, that really does hit the emotional core on the crux. And I feel like part of it, the, it used in live action, the fact that it's kind of just used for the introduction of Camino and now the end of Camino is a nice bookend. Mm-hmm. Um, storytelling wise, I thought that was a really great choice. 
And yeah, like it's a, it's a mixture of that mystery and that sinister tone. And I think what's great about the theme is that it, that works for Camino in general. Everything about Camino has been sinister and mysterious and emotional, whether that's the clones who we grew attached to and obviously have these like sinister tones of murdering the Jedi and having these uh, emotional backgrounds. The Kaminoans themselves, like I feel like in this episode we were kind of like, this is really sad that the Kaminoans are gone, but also they were shady people. They weren't completely yes. <laughs> clean car. Um, and even then, between those gr- those th- that grey area, there's other grey areas. Like we were talking about uh, Nala Say and being very like, oh, well, she wants to protect Omega, so we care for her. But also we have the whole background of fives and the way we deal with that information. And I think that's so great that, that it's all in that DNA of those characters and that, that whole city. So yeah, it was yeah really interesting to see them. And also I have to say this every week, every time we see it, Imperial clad Venators. <laughs> Maybe they look so beautiful. Yeah. I will say, like, another thing that really stood out, like, with the Nala say, and there was something, you know, we always have have mentioned that Omega is, like, the beating heart of Star Wars. She is, like, the, she is the hope in Star Wars. She embodies that, that central core of what makes Star Wars great. To watch her at the beginning of this episode be so broken. Literally, the, the hair... With the with the rain in her hair, covering her face, looking like a cute little emo girl, and then she's she is there's no she normally has this like light behind her eyes, but there was none of that there. She was just we've got to do this. Nala say this is her this is her secret landing pad. This is her thing. We got to get down to business. We got to save Hunter. It was so heartbreaking just to watch all of the air just get deflated out of her. I was just. It just hurt me so bad because it's true. We're like, Nalise, we got a complicated relationship with Nalise, but that's like one of her parents pretty much. Nalise protects her and she's attached to Nalise in a way. And knowing that, you know, that she's coming back to this place, not only where she was born, but where the Bad Batch was born and where she had this family and have it all like gone and changed and lost now. And knowing that she could potentially lose another member of her family today. It was just like... It hurts to see Omega hurt, and and they, they did such a great job showing it. But oh man, did she just did she just like keep stomping on my heart every time she was a sad? It made me it made me sad. Yeah, and I think you made a really good point, which is the fact that not only do we have the fact that she is obviously naturally worried for a hunter, mm-hmm. who is uh, her oh, her big brother, a father figure, but also there's I feel like there was a lot of emotional. Um, information and a lot of past stuff that happened to her or that she's seen that she just pushed way down as soon as she left Camino, she didn't have to think about it anymore so when kind of like we'll never have to go back there now she has to deal with that fact and we have to like we don't get the full information but we get dribs and drabs which we will discuss in a bit but i thought it was well, really interesting also remember at the beginning i think it's echo when she's when she's like i, I didn't like being hooked up to those machines either or something mm-hmm. or like she she talked about not liking the facilities um so yeah there's there's obviously been so, some darkness there and and yeah it's it it was just also just kind of cool <laughs> to see the mystery landing pad yeah i'm like what no let's say what you up to girl what, she like sneaking in the the hookers and all that stuff and <laughs> and the cocaine 
<laughs> the spice. The blackjack. Like that's my friends. <laughs> just Hondo. yeah, just Hondo's, yeah, Hondo's dropping people off at uh Nalase's <laughs> secret pad. Um but yeah, no, it's it's crazy to think about. I wonder I wonder what I mean, obviously there's like friction between you know the the big people of Camino with Nalase working behind Lamasu's back and all that. But I th- I'm think it's really interesting what like fully motivated not like how many people even know about that like does anyone else know about it um and uh yeah it's just really interesting to think why nala say would have had her own secret landing pad mm-hmm. yeah i also like i'm kind of really hoping that that's in the new lego star wars game yeah, <laughs> you remember in the original one where there has like there's like that little room where you do the little disc, you walk around the circles and it opens up a disco and the caminoans come out and start doing disco moves. Mm-hmm. That's what the secret landing pad is for. That's what it's for. It's the uh, disco. There we, there we go. It's to get to the disco. Now we know. Canon. But yeah, it was really cool to see that. Again, we say this every week, but the artistry and the the amazing design work that's put into every single like the character models, but the planetary the the visual like that is that shot of the uh, the ship landing in that landing bay it felt exactly like attack of the clones mm-hmm. like it, it was it was hard to distinguish it mm-hmm. and i think that the the work that's been put in has been incredible i have to say i really love seeing the tk troopers back and seeing how now they're just out and about and going around these planets and replacing the clone troopers well, that was kind of terrifying, but also fun. I don't get some people don't like the designs, but I'm still a big I'm a big fan of them. Um, so those those designs, you know, everyone can have an opinion. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you got something to say about Ralph McQuarrie, <laughs> I yeah, do you the know what? Way, man, the door <laughs> that way. You can close it on your way out. I saw a few people say this, and they're like. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't realize this design the same way I didn't like some of the Rebels designs. I'm like, I just think you don't like Ralph McQuarrie, which is funny because he's Star Wars. He is yeah. Star Wars. It's like, that's like, I don't like, like the you're DNA. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, whatever. I'm also like, I've over the years, I've become considerably more chill when it comes to nitpicking little design things and stuff like that. Mostly because I don't care anymore. But... <laughs> But I'm also, like, inside. it's a no, it's a new trooper. Let we can all just exciting new trooper form in in the canon, and and we saw it. Can't we just be happy about that, guys? Can we just be happy? It's like the evolutionary transitional forms. I think of that bit from Futurama where the orangutan is like, "There's no form in between Australopithecus africanus and Australopithecus afarensis," and he's like, "Oh, wow. we found him. He's called this." <laughs> and that's, that's just we're getting we're filling those out. It's like good no, news, everyone. <laughs> exactly. We haven't found the transitional uh, form between the TK troopers and the no, 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 no. I just. Just yeah. be happy that we're filling out that evolutionary tree of troopers. It's, exactly. it's fine, guys. Come on. It's the prototype. It's, it's in space. It's yeah. fine. Shut up. <laughs> I also I also absolutely guarantee that every single person that is angry about this design, I will have to personally punch my way through the line at a Hasbro launch for the next figure, the Black yeah. Series ah, figure. Yes. They'll all be in line, and they'll be like, this, this sucks, but I'm going to use my token that I won. To yeah. get it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, okay. 
bro, chillax, dude. Um, I really like them. I thought they looked really cool. I like the big, the, the big, the big circles <laughs> at the front. That's the scientific term, right, for the armor design. Yeah. Uh, big circles. I thought big that was really circle. cool. Uh, still really creepy to hear a voice that isn't a clone's voice behind the clone armor. Mm-hmm. So I was really grateful for our good friend later on for that. Uh, but why don't we jump into the sort of the meat of the episode, which of course was Crosshair and Hunter's talk. Nikki, if if there were a, if there's a bigger stan of Crosshair on this planet, I don't want to know them because <laughs> I've got you. We got that covered. Like, how did you feel about this this whole conversation piece between Hunter and Crosshair? Um, I thought this was again probably like the best. I think it's the best D. Bradley Baker's ever been because he carried a scene with himself <laughs> split amongst <laughs> split amongst multiple people. Um, yeah, man, again, this, this whole sequence was, it felt to me very much like um, the throne room in Last Jedi because there was a lot of, I'm going to give you something cool and I'm going to, I'm going to pull it away. And, I'm gonna, and, it, and it was like, it was very much that roller coaster of, of um you know like allegiances and what's going on and and i think maybe maybe a little later i'll have like a lot more to say about crosshair when when we talk about the details but i think um i think yeah just on the general glance this was really the most sort of like graceful and i like i said immaculate at the beginning like this was just peak they knew what they were doing with these guys because they, they played with point of view. They played with um, personal truths because it, it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what they think. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and so just the way they, they were able to weave between um, the emotions of what these people felt and what they, what they thought and who has the chip when, and you know, there's just a whole lot of stuff. Ooh. And, and um, yeah, like we'll we'll get into it more, but I definitely have I have a few bones to pick with the internet, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. So um, on this podcast, never. Yeah, no, never. but but I, I do it with love. I do it with love because um, it's it, they're not bad people. <laughs> they're just they're just wrong. <laughs> um, so so yeah, again, the the whole thing was was just an absolute ride. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys I'll let you guys jump in. I think what, for me, what the the beauty of the sequence and I, what I really did appreciate was that Crosshair is completely earnest in every single yeah. scene. Like I was really worried that not that worried that I thought they would do it, but you know, like you just like you don't want it to go down this path with them him being like, no, I don't believe this, like and just giving like lies, and then later on being like, actually, I did believe it. Like he's just straight up from the core. No, this is how I feel. This is my belief system, and you let me down. Like you didn't come back for me. I am upset by that, and yeah. I thought that was really great stuff. From, like you said, from Dee Bradley, but also just the writing uh, team. I I really did appreciate those conversations because it gives Hunter a, a chance to reflect on his own actions as well, mm-hmm. which just- we know exist yeah because this is this is i think episode three where he's like i feel wrong about that like we left him behind and yeah and then it's the the sort of consistent thing through the season of 
Hunter, Crosshair's here. <laughs> let's get out of here. <laughs> you know, like, let's, let's not deal with that. Um, well, the longing shot of him looking out of the ship. And uh, I mean, it wasn't the last episode, but the episode before that. I thought, yeah, like those emotions and those feelings were there for Hunter. But I don't think he ever truly appreciated the fact that Crosshair reciprocated the feelings. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was the big like, oh, he did feel betrayed. He did feel left behind. He felt right. like he was abandoned. And I, I think for Hunter, it was more of a case of he's gone. Yeah. And this is now a brainwashed brother and there's no point. Like, I don't think he has emotions. And it's, and it's, I think it's a shock to him a little bit of like, yeah. oh, damn. Like, and it was a, a kind of a shock to me as well, because a lot of the actions that we've seen Crosshair do throughout these seasons, it, they just seemed so cold. Just like he was always the first to be like, permission to hunt them down, permission to go get them, permission to go take them out. Can I go do this? Can I go take care of these, this threat? Um, and I and I was sitting here just being thinking about the Omega line from the beginning, like that it's it's not his fault. It's not his fault. But he does feel this way and he does feel this way, but he doesn't feel this way because of a chip in his head. He feels this way because he feels his brothers betrayed him. Fascinating. And it yeah. kind of broke my it broke my perception of Crosshair quite a bit. And I and I know you love Crosshair, Nikki. I know I know he's he's your boy, but he's never really been my boy. After this episode, he's my boy. He is he There we go. I feel now <laughs> like I've gotten a peek behind this you know, he's just not, <laughs> he's just not approachable, you know? Like I wanna go up to Wrecker and and you know and and share some snacks and give him mm-hmm. a hug. Like I wanna go up to tech and pick his brain, like Crosshair, I kind of just want to keep my distance from because he's kind of like the snake. If you if you don't poke at the snake, maybe the snake won't bite. Exactly. Um, yeah. But and but he is he's so cold and hard on the outside, but he's a soft, squishy, sweet boy with feelings on the inside. Which, as we know about how much I love those characters, Charlie, you know, you know, I enjoy the prickly ones who are who are soft boys on inside. So. Um, I, think, I, I got a, and he's not a soft boy, but he's there. There is emotion underneath there, and he finally yeah. got to express it in this episode. I think you saying that alone proves how successful this show has been mm-hmm. at taking essentially a background character and turning him into one of the most intriguing antagonists. I call him villain light, but if you want to call him a villain, that's fine. <laughs> but I, he's villain light to me. Sort of the way Callus, Agent Callus, is villain light, diet villain, is your low calorie. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like to to have taken just a guy, the the team sniper from this one arc, and 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 they did the same with Hunter and the others in terms of more like like uh, in terms of being more heroic. But um, yeah, the the way this show has taken these guys and turned them into just characters with immense depth and and all that is is just such a a slam dunk. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I thought that whole conversation piece was beautiful. Um the, the the shots for the corridors, I thought was really great and I think we're so uh, like if if anything to prove the fact that this show benefits from the clone wars, I think it's in these particular moments and it's not just because of the show itself, but also I feel like us as an audience have watch these stories grow and expand. I feel like 
being so used to seeing those corridors full of troopers and life yeah and just seeing it so bare and empty was just so heartbreaking and it really fixates you on the two characters in that little dilemma there so i thought that was a really great shot as well another Um, thing just throughout them talking um was again we talk a lot about in live action especially with like um adam driver and stuff the the mask acting um yeah and and like darth vader and you know the way they emote with just movement and it's it's stunning to have seen animation do so well at that too with especially with crosshair before he takes the helmet off um because there was just so much uh character in the way he moved the way he talked to hunter the way when he leaned in and i I just i love his when the batch is there and i love his see following orders isn't so difficult (laughs) he was it's it's just it was so great to see bad boy crosshair really in his element but also like you could tell there was something more um and I, i don't know if this is included in this uh in this segment, but the moment this is like when, when I talked about like film craft earlier, the, the moment they did the reveal that the reflective shots, like reflective things were in place um, for Crosshair to take that shot that would take out the, the elite squad. The moment tech realizes that that was the, that was some like next level sh- like shit. When mm-hmm. like the cinematography of the of the thing with tech in it and the reflective, yeah, the reflective it, yeah. that was so good. And like that's that's like what really stood out in this episode. Like like there's just nothing short of cinematic about you know what what they did. And and you know Claire, you mentioned the the three empty shots of of the you know later. Like that is Ooh. that is insane. Like I can't believe they chills they literally went that hard. Yeah, thinking um, about it. So yeah, there was just so many moments like that within uh, within this episode. Right, before we dive into the third point, should we go through some of these comments? Let's do Definitely. it. Awesome. All right, let's go to... Uh, let's have a look. We have a lot of people saying about uh, the Suicide Squad. More people were moving to DC. You never know. Uh, like this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's you are a bold one. My kitchen is my bedroom and my study and my dining room and my <laughs> and my uh, my living room. So you get a beautiful microwave. Uh, we got a lot of football stuff. Literally, you get to see how the sausage is made with Nikki. Uh, absolutely, He's in the kitchen after all. Thank you, King George the Sixth. I feel like, like f- from you especially, is it's a great honor to be knighted by a ghost. Um, Here we go. <laughs> yes, symphony. That's what I said. Like ex- exactly. Yep. Perfect Lego Star Wars vibe. So you can just hear Jinko Fett going <laughs> off the building. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just beautiful stuff. Uh, Chad says, totally emotional. The music was amazing. Oh, yes. Also, hi, Chad. I mean, the, the kind of brothers deserve some sort of gold. They, they, they get a true July rating. I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely perfect. King George says, do we know if Camino only has that one major platform city in canon? I think so. I think Topoka City is the only city on Camino. Mm. Did they yeah. mention that in the Clone Wars? I can't remember. 
I don't think, I don't know. It's almost like it's the only thing relevant. So it's like, right. you know, that's why they only talk about it. I, I would suspect it is the only yeah. thing. I don't think, I, I like, think they like to keep their operation fairly localized. Very small. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, yeah, definitely the case. Um, Symphony says, I'm so glad the sequel trilogy didn't touch Kamino at all because this is clearly a better story. Yeah, and I think, yes and no, because I feel like, um, I think what's great is that I'm glad they didn't delve into Kamino itself, but definitely Kamino has a presence in the fact of the strand casts mm-hmm. and the, like, like the subtle information we're getting with, like, the, we have the cloning, like, I think Rampart says, we have the cloning technology and the scientists. Mm-hmm. And now they are, they're under, I think he specifically says Imperial uh, control. Yeah. And then we have, like, obviously in the Mandalorian, we see Dr. Pershing with the, the Kaminoan logo. Um, and it's like really going to come into play in these animated shows. I love the synergy. Yeah. Synergy. It's all one big story. We just get backstory on pieces from every side. I, I, you keep doing you, Star Wars. You're okay in my book. <laughs> keep rocking. Keep doing you. Our good friend Auden. Uh, hey. Look, I'm not going to not appreciate the haircut, so I'm going to put up the <laughs> comment, you know. Munch, munch. Uh, our good friend Bob says, also we like that Omega is older than the Bad Batch, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that I feel like we sort of realized throughout the series, but one of the, the good things about this episode is the... Um, was Rekka's response, like, what? We grew here? <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, uh, it also explains a lot of that first meeting when we first meet Omega. She's like, hi, I know who all of you are, in parentheses, yeah. unspoken, because I watched you guys grow in a test tube. <laughs> like, I saw them, like, I was there when they were practicing their crazy nonsense on you. Like, I, you are my brother, but you are one of us. You don't know it yet, but you are, and I know it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Nikki. You go. I was just gonna say, I think like, I think they were late additions. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, first of all, they, I think they were named after ninety nine, <laughs> which so obviously some some time had passed to to or you know whatever however whatever any of that battle took place and um, mm. some time to like memorialize ninety nine into this mm-hmm. squad. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely interesting and and. You know, you think about little Omega watching them because she's she's Boba essentially, right? Um, so yeah, she would have been pretty old, you know, old enough to to watch them get in their little tubes. Oh bless! Uh, Alden says, "I imagine them as one really buff fetus, one fetus with a huge brain, one fetus with a toothpick, and one fetus with a mullet." I like it. Yeah, he's cuddling a look at like one of them's cuddling a little sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely put the Lula outside of Wrecker's fetal yes. tube. Look, I'm just saying this. Like, if it works for the Muppets, I feel like we should have Bad Batch babies. <laughs> it's just cross her at the dinner table, gang. I'm trying to eat my meal. <laughs> it's like a paste. <laughs> or he's like he's like figuring out how to like just nail people with. <laughs> he's like what's my ability he's strong he's he smells the food better, <laughs> and he smells the food better. he's like what's what's my ability and he just flicks something and like hits lamasu like dead center he's like there's my ability <laughs> rick is just eating everything yeah <laughs> 
I like food. <laughs> Gracious me. Uh, I don't know what else we got. A lot of rebels love and how this links into, you know, the uh, the armors and everything like that. Uh, the, the the bromance between Crosshair and Hunter. Uh, Matt says Crosshair is definitely a Slytherin. I think we can agree with that. Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, you could be like a yeah. There's some. There's Look, some all I'm saying is, people do this a lot where they're like. He's the bad guy. He must be a Slytherin. And I don't think that's always the case. And people always say that about Anakin. I'm like, Anakin's a Hufflepuff. Like, straight up. Anakin mm-hmm. is 100% Hufflepuff. So everything he does is done in relation to the people he cares about. And so anyway, maybe, maybe. I'm not saying <laughs> no, but I think, I think there's more. There's a discussion to be had about, about where these guys fit. Yeah, and there's not... And, and there's some good Slytherins. It could be a Malf. It could be a Draco. Done some bad shit, but he turns it around. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It grows out. It grows out of it. Out of the racism and the shit. <laughs> blood purity. <laughs> we all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, just wrap up. Uh, our good friend Bob says those Camino corridors is reminiscent to how they look after I played Battlefront: Devoid of Life. <laughs> Beautiful. There we go. Uh, don't forget, we also have Super Chats enabled now, so if you really need a question that you want us to answer, we'll try and get to that as soon as possible. <laughs> Tip <But> let... servers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's dive into the next thing, which is Mysteries of Camino and the Bad Batch together again. Nikki, you just brought up the the sequence with the little reflective disc yeah. and that moment of realisation. But for me, the thing that I really love, this is... You're talking about filmmaking and like storytelling. The most perfect moment for me was that when Crosshair starts to like fight back with them, it's the first time we've heard the Bad Batch theme played since the beginning episode in in full triumph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was like a I I I think I actually did punch the air. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's, I think I think the neighbors were chopping onions, man. Like, <laughs> if something something was in there, I was like, what's going on here? Because <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that—that's like that was the dream, that was, like the dream to see them fight together again. Um, and Kiner's went full tilt on it because it, it's such a great like. Because I know people are like, well, I haven't really used the theme much. This like in these episodes, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, you just the, allude the bad... to it a little bit. They give a little, you a little... You like somber, somber version, kind of yes. like yeah. But this was this was full blast, yeah. And this is like the first time we get to see like technically like the full bad batch because now we've got a mega on board, we've got crosshair on board, and they're all yeah. together in that moment. And you got AZ three. AZ three. AZ three got a fist pump from me. I was like, yes. So Shaq, I, baby. I, I don't know why this just didn't cross my mind, but I just was of the assumption that AZ was like a similar droid to the one from the from the from the fives arc. Mm. I don't know; it was the exact same it's one. Him, it's him. He's a survivor, baby. Oh, he's a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> shows about baby survivors. Yes. So that's also, what. Yeah, but I, I love when they were running. When the Bad Batch was running, and Az's like awkwardly floating and like swaying, like he's yeah. running, but he doesn't have legs. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is this is for me. You guys did this for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm so happy. Uh, yeah, and like Sorry. you said, like about no, it's true. Like 
there is so much there and I thought it was so beautiful the fact that like you said a bit of fives like his effect on AZ probably I lives know. In, I know they they mentioned that they might have wiped his memory but they did but I feel, but I feel like it's still ingrained in there you can't completely erase that that emotional journey stays with you and I thought that was really beautiful and I feel like yeah part of his him lives on the same way we've got Echo and you know all those clones there so I thought it yeah, really beautiful the fact that we see them all them fighting together was fantastic. Again, it was a nice little mirror to earlier on in episode was it episode one when they had the big training sequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, brought that, brought it back perfect, there. Perfect, bringing that back. I thought it was really great. Seeing, I love the idea that the entirety of Crosshair Squad was murdered by him. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, what a terrible <laughs> boss. <laughs> no, nobody loved killing Elite Squad members like. Crosshair, the leader of Elite Squad. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And I think retroactively, it makes me look back at those moments, like you were saying, throughout the season where you see him so intent and finding the Bad Batch, and we're like, he wants to kill them. But now it's like, do you reckon he's just like all along like, I want them back. My bros, I hate these people. And they suck. <laughs> Amateurs, yeah. man. Yeah. Something Amateur special hours. about them. Like they're burning like people alive. He's like, there's just something about this. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, and not the it. burning people alive yeah. part. It's that I'm not doing it with my bros. Got yeah. it. Got it, Crosshair. But the right people, you know. Sometimes you got to burn a. Sometimes you got to burn an old person with the people that you love. You know. That's right. That's about. Um, beautiful moment. Great storytelling. Um. I just thought it was so good to see them really hit at that moment. And I think, again, it's the same thing of storytelling, is that you don't quite know where... Like, I think we all kind of expected there to be some sort of crosshair revelation. But the fact that it happens in part one of a two-part finale, mm-hmm. to me, is always a good sign, because you're like, okay, everything I've predicted is pretty much done, <laughs> so now mm-hmm. we don't know where we're going. Yeah. And then we have all those moments building up about, oh, well, the Camino's empty. Everything's gone. It's the corridor moments, like you said. We see them running around. But then we have that moment, of course, where all the droids have been destroyed. And they reach out to Crosshair. And I think uh, one of the really great uh, mirror reflections we see and sort of people talk about was that this is very much a TLJ moment. Yeah. Or Kylo Ren. Like, come on, reach out. Like, I'm being honest. I want to... I want you to come with me, but you just can't. And I thought that was already a great moment. What did you guys think about Crosshair's speech? Um, yeah. And reveal. <laughs> and reveal. Yeah. A lot. I thought a lot about it, actually. Um, I haven't stopped talking about it. Yeah. Thinking about it. Actually, okay. I'll, I'll get into this now. Um, so, <laughs> this, this is a shout out to my haters. It's not really. <laughs> not really. Not really. I, I promise. I say this in good spirits. Um, but I remember a lot... Like stuff that happened a lot earlier in the season, even before um, the Bad Batch got the chips taken out, there were a lot of theories or a lot of people theorizing about, well, what if they take the chip out of Crosshair and he still says, I want to fight for the Empire. And um, and a lot of the like reasoning for that were people being like, oh, well, of course he would pick the Empire because he's the one I don't like the most, or he's the douche. 
or he's the asshole. He's, I was always suspicious of him because he was a dick to everyone. So of course he would pick the empire. And um, now I'm seeing a lot of those people bringing out the victory banners saying, I was right. He chose the empire to which I will say, I personally don't really give a theory credit for reaching the finish line, but being what I feel inconsistent with the intent. Um, to me, that's just a lucky guess. But I and like I don't. This isn't like I'm not trying to dunk on anyone because these are these are good people. I like the people who've <laughs> who've done this. Um, so it's it's not really about that. It's just I like super disagree, and I think that's the thing. Like when when he said he had the chip and he was like, you know, this is me. Like this is just who I am. And like I was, like I was, I was really sad and. Yeah. Like it was pretty devastating, and it wasn't because I wanted it to be the happy. Oh yeah, you're back. Like yeah, everything's fine now. You got the chip out. Come back. Like because of course that would have been nice. Um, but like I was just sad at the humanity of it because he had resigned himself to being broken, mm-hmm. and like and like that's what that's what was so sad about it. And like I think just myself, I was I always think. Um, I was thinking I'm a rebel at heart. Like I was like, I can never fight for the empire, but like that, that scene where, where he's like, it doesn't matter when the chip, you know, when it came out, like this is who I am. Like that was just very emotionally true to me. And I also connected it a lot to um, like depression and addiction because I mean, like, gosh, who in the last year and a half hasn't had some depressive episodes, right? And, you know, and like, you feel that weight. And I think you always hope that something um, like healthy, or, you know, you find the right solution. You always hope that something, something healthy will pull you out of that. But then it's like, what if you what if it doesn't? Mm -hmm. And what if you just keep spiraling? And you know, you're spiraling, but you have nothing left to stop. Because like, there's there's like no hope left in you so i always think about that scenario where like when when you just acknowledge that do you just keep going and you lean into it and then just go further and further and like keep burying yourself until your like depressed state is your reality and Mm -hmm. like that to me is where post i guess we'll say post braca crosshair is because i think um Chip crosshair that was getting zapped to oblivion and uh, post crosshair. I think they do operate emotionally as two different people um, because we know what the the chips did. So so now it's like so where was he when the chip came out? And I guess like and that's that's like the sadness because when that chip comes out and like the fog clears, what did he see? He saw nothing. Mm-hmm. Like his. His, uh, he was abandoned. The shame of being behind, um, and you know there there were no brothers around, and there were just the orders. And it's like, what do you do? Um, and I think that's also where you get the like unhealthy. Um, it's like like addiction to purpose, yeah. which is the the sort of the clone. Uh, it's like the clone dilemma. Like Crosshair is the moral dilemma of the clone trooper to the max. It's who am I? What am I? 
without the war I was created for. Right. And also without my brothers, like they don't want me. Clearly they didn't come back for me. So I can't leave. Can't look. I don't yeah. have anybody to go to that. So I might as well stay in this. Right. And so like, and like we saw the brothers deal with that and they dealt mm-hmm. with it together and it was, it was more healthy, but we didn't, but Crosshair didn't have that. Right. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, when he got that clarity, um, all he had was shame. And, and so you think about someone who lives like that, and you think about the spiral, like you think about, well, I guess this is me. And like, like it was very much the, the you're a monster. Yes, I am kind of dialogue. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. he, like he convinced himself he was that bitch. And like, I just, I think about that. And like, it was so sad to see that because that was like the resignation of like spiritual defeat. Like, he's like, I'm done. Like, this is, this is just it. Um, and so, so yeah, then you see, well, what's, what's his way out? It's to bring them down to his level. And, and that's, that's the unfortunate thing. So, so yeah, that whole thing was very, I think very emotionally just super true. And I, I think very delicate, um, like character work for the show. Yeah. Cause I think it, it could have been, could have been any other way that was very cut and dry, flick a switch, but it wasn't. And it, it's, it's messy and it's dirty and, um, yeah, I think I think to be to be like oh he did this cuz he's the asshole is just very not ignoring the emotionally or it's very ignoring the emotionally resonant um like beats of that. So yeah, so I think when when Crosshair like sits there and declares like this is who I am, like I'm I'm the bad guy. Like I don't believe it. Um mm-hmm. and I think more importantly for the story, Hunter doesn't either. Which is why he stuns him and they take him with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm right, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, um, I think that is super telling of who are you really, and like I know, I know the things you're saying are not you, and it, it again, it's it's very throne room, it's very don't go this way because I know you can be better. Yeah. And and I think that's the other thing, like. Um, just going back to the, I think I saw in the comments again, like going back to Crosshair being Slytherin because of ambition. I don't think he has ambition. Like he's no. just, he just wants the team back. He doesn't want to be left alone. He doesn't want to like, I don't think he actually wants to fight for the empire. It's just, again, what's left when you only have the orders um, and then, and needing purpose. So, so yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, it was, it was just really awesome to see that go down. It was heartbreaking, but awesome. And, and I think, yeah, like the team taking him and at least writing that wrong is, is super cool and, and just great, great storytelling for them. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, and I hope what happens is what um, I've always wanted to happen, which is we, we get a version of this story where um, it's about healing the family. And like, this is now like, we're going into season two. Like, I hope this is what season two is because, you know, we have, we have the squad, they can forgive him. Omega obviously would be vital to that. And then more importantly, help him forgive himself and pull him out of that, that spiral. Like, that's what, that's what I hope for. And I think it's another thing in Star Wars where, you know, obviously redemption is the, like the big it's the believe Ted Lasso poster slapped on the ass <laughs> in the locker room. Like redemption is Star Wars, um, and I think and 
but I think the big redemption we had we know is Anakin and Ben, right? Where it's it's less about or it's it's more about moments where the force is like fix this, you can fix this. And mm-hmm. they make that choice and then they die. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's more that like cosmic redemption where um you know, we see the moment where the force puts redemption on the table, they take it and then sort of the the story is the the real work they do to redeem themselves happens in the afterlife. Right? Like that's the longer yeah. that's a longer process. But I think this could be a story sort of like Callus, but maybe more explored, where we get to see someone make the amends. Um mm-hmm. not only to themselves, but to the people around them, to their relationships. Um so yeah, I think that's that's what I hope happens. Obviously, we could show up to Disney Plus next Friday and <laughs> everything I just said goes in the garbage. But I think that's that's like that's where I was feeling with this episode. Um and with that that story beat because it was it was really heavy um and just really really strong work from from the writing team so so yeah i guess like forrest gump that's all i have to say about that (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah 100 percent, you're right yeah i do agree like there's so much emotional um nuance there with that character and i feel like I think so often with Star Wars, the, the irony is that it, it's both like it's both this this franchise where the bad guys wear all black and have a red lightsaber, and the good guys wear all have a blue lightsaber. It's good versus bad, mm-hmm. but also it's completely full of these darker gray areas and complexities. It's it's both, and that's what makes it beautiful. And I think sometimes, ironically, people can go sometimes there's moments where it's the black and white where people go to like this is complex and there's moments where it's complex where we go well this is just black and white and it's like no 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 no. you have to you have to recognize which scene is which for which purpose Mm. and with crosshair people are like well this is just black and white he's evil therefore he's bad it's like yeah no you're missing the point mm-hmm. and i think that's what's interesting about this show and this this point of time actually this era is that we see different clones react differently and to me that 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 points to the fact that these are individual people and despite the fact that the order 66 pushed them into this corner and some people were forced to do terrible things some of them still had their own you know way forward whether that's with rex who had right. You know, he forged a relationship with Ahsoka that led to him being able to have the chip removed and, you know, or with Gregor, like, being able to do that, or, you know, with Crosshair. And I think that's what's important about these stories, is that we do get to see more of that individuality. It's not completely stamped out by the Empire. Yeah. And that's what's important. For me, I think what's interesting, like, my first take watching the episode was I, I didn't quite believe Crosshair about the chip. Yeah. That was my that was my my first assumption, and I, and I still I still have it in me. Like I'm not going to say like because I feel like I don't want to say like the complexities aren't there still because I don't want it to be like oh well the chip's not like when that's removed it's gone. But I still think it's interesting. I, I don't know if we can completely believe Crosshair, not because he's lying, but because he doesn't. They might have know. told him. Yeah, um, exactly. And then yeah, that's then creating the like perception that you have free will. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be really interesting. Um, I think either way, it's the, the yeah, the emotion will still work. Um, and then, and 
Yeah, and then and then it's the idea of maybe we'll get to see season two be him seeing the galaxy through this new Bad Badge's eyes, him actually seeing the effect the Empire has on the galaxy yeah. and learning this is wrong and actually I will stand with my brothers and my sister. And it's like also my brothers and, you know, I feel like of the entire Bad Badge, they all kind of gave a side eye to the regs, always. They all mm-hmm. did. Nobody's stronger than Crosshair. What could be more beautiful in a season two than not only Crosshair healing his relationship with his Bad Batch brothers and sister, um, but also helping and healing clones along their journey who have been lost along the way. And having, like, I think that this could be a super, super interesting experience because one thing that I wanted from the sequel trilogy, which, you know, like, doesn't matter, but, you know, back like when Last Jedi came out, Everybody was like, okay, what's going to happen in Rise of Sk- Well, it's what's going to happen in episode nine. Is he going to be redeemed? Is he going to die? Is Kylo going to be redeemed? Is he going to die? What's going to happen? And I have been on the train for a long time that it's so much more interesting to have the, the, the big villain be redeemed and live. And I think it would be, please please get him through this finale episode next week <laughs> because I love the idea of, of having the villain, I guess in this case be redeemed and to see the journey he has to go on, not only with himself, but with everybody around him that he has in some way harmed. I think it could be a very, very interesting place to explore. Yeah. You, the fact that I you think- said that, brings up and i i'm sorry to say this again i said this earlier this season i'm gonna say it again Uh-oh. i feel like the show is pushing us into a direction where the audience assumes that crosshair will go to this moment where traditionally he's like okay i see the right from wrong now i'll sacrifice myself and i think instead it's going to be hunter that sacrifices himself to save crosshair and i think that might, that might push him the, the gears into realizing you know, the emotional push. I'm sorry. And, I don't then, he lead, be that. and then he leads the squad <laughs> going back to the, uh, the commotion of the, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, I, I, I want to not think about that too much. Right now. <laughs> I can't, but, I'm too but, drained uh, from yeah. this Friday. Like, yeah. I can't. but um, yeah, Next I think it's problem. I think it's an interesting <laughs> point again, because Claire, you brought up the regs and the disdain, right? And also, we found out that was reciprocated. Like, yeah. that wasn't out of nowhere. Like, yeah. they didn't just hate him. Like, they all hated each other. Um, so I think, yeah, this idea of, maybe, yeah, maybe a reg who knew of the batch, hated the batch, <laughs> and then, you know, they all end up helping each other. I think that that could be super powerful. And, and then the, this idea of Crosshair not having the chip, I think, makes Ryloth way more interesting in retrospect. Because I remember watching that and being like, wow, the restraint on Crosshair to not put a bolt in Hauser's head. Like, and now, now if we know he's, if he was operating on choice, like way more um, in the, in that moment, um, it's, it's just super interesting. We talked about him missing the shuttle, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, when they took off. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's just super interesting. It's such a great move and it adds, it just adds layers that are, that are really good. Absolutely. And I feel like 
of course, we have that great moment where it's the little standoff shot between them, and then Hunter stuns Crosshair. Like you said, Nikki, that emotional impact of "I will not." It's 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 very much the Ahsoka. I will not leave you behind this time. Yeah, picking you up and then taking them back, and then uh, we'll get into this. You guys ready? Didn't <laughs> like literally <laughs> the most like moving last few minutes of an animated episode and. Like, like it's Siege of Mandalore, it's this, it's Twilight of the Apprentice. Like, this is up there in that echelon of how uh, they actually yeah. this. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Obviously, throughout the episode, we haven't mentioned this too much, but we see the Imperials have completely emptied Camino. They've got everything they need. Rampart said earlier in the episode that they've got the technology, they've got the scientists. So pretty much, Camino mm. is just an empty shell. Bye-bye, Camino. We, we see those shots that Claire mentioned earlier, the really emotional shots, which actually, what a, it's just, again, it's a mixture of both us as the prequel generation, so we grew up with those first three films, but also living through the Clone Wars and seeing the life in those little hallways and seeing them so bare and empty was so heartbreaking. And fighting for them. You know, there's yeah. there's battle in those hallways. 99 yeah. died for that yeah. city. Yeah. And we get that little shot where oh. Grandpa talks to uh, Grandma Tarkin or Governor Tarkin at this point, and we get the final words: "You may if fire when ready." Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what was even more heartbreaking about the sequence? Oh, the troopers that initiate the shot. The clones. clones. clones yeah. yeah, they're clones at the gunner's station. Yeah, in their little office chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that cracked me up when I noticed the wheels on the bottom of the legs. I'm like, "Oh, they're office chairs. I have one of those." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it man, it's it's weird. Like, I don't know, I don't know why it feels weird to say this for you know just what is essentially a casual Star Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. But like, this was a very mature ending. Like, yeah. just the creative choices. It felt like it. The gravity of it felt real, and like. Down to, I mean, actually, first we'll go go to the beginning uh, or a little earlier. I love when Omega runs down and bear hugs Hunter, like just full arms around the waist. Oh, um, yeah. Because going back to what Claire said, she was so like down, and now she's lifted um, and determined, and that's that sort of like feeds back into this part. Because when they're doing these shots of her like nodding to Hunter, like "Let's go," and then there's that one shot where they're running, and you just see like this determination um, in her face. And like it, it was and that. And they go out the door, and things are exploding, and it just all. Oh, oh yeah. no! The, yep. oh. But it, but it was so delicate. Like this, this whole part was so delicate, and the music, the shots, the the quiet, mm-hmm. um, and like, and it just it just goes to show, like, yes, it's gonna end with <laughs> with a big explosion, but like, it also didn't. Mm-hmm. Like it ended already, um, and. And I think it, it sort of reminds me of when we talked about the very first episode and where the Clone Wars burned away to, to put the Bad Batch logo. And they do that every episode, but especially there and how just once Order 66 came in, like that time is over. Like we are we are in the dark time. And this yeah. like this just it felt like the death, like the end. Like it, it was such a great that way was- to punctuate the end of this era. It was it's like the death of the prequel era. Like, yeah, that, there, there was like. so many metaphors for this whole sequence, yeah. and I yeah. feel like, like, yeah, like 
shooting down Kamina, destroying Topoka City is like we mentioned before, it's the place where if you're a Clone Wars fan, they like all these clones sacrifice their lives to mm-hmm. fight for them. It's it's the literal it's the literal home of the clone troopers, it's the Empire destroying the clones. It's the metaphorical. One of my favorite ones was like, "This is literally the original trilogy destroying the prequel trilogy in a sense, yeah. like, not in a negative sense, but like in a it's no in terms now. of timeline, yeah. yeah, yeah, like this is it, yeah, um, yeah, it, it it's it's so heartbreaking, yeah, because we have grown up with this, and we we have this deep emotional core to this trilogy. I feel like our generation, and I just remember going back and seeing that trailer for Attack of the Clones, and you see Django Fat and. That all of that's destroyed, all of that's gone, you know. And then people that watch the Clone Wars, all, the, all those fights, all those energies, all those clones—that's their home. Yeah, it's the home destroyed, and it's the same we see with Rebels. It's it, Genosis gets destroyed as well. Yeah, it, it, it's the like you said, it's the Empire as Palpatine just you know At loose ends, loose ends, cutting them all off, yeah. making sure everything's nice and clean, but not completely destroying everything. Like they they're taking that information as, as we know, we know that. That gene, like that DNA, that that cloning technology, will be used for nefarious purposes, which oh, yeah. we see in Episode Nine. We see in uh, they never the waste a good idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> which makes you that think, much. What happens to Nala? Say, like, bless her heart, like, yeah. probably yeah. in worst, the worst uh, thing for her than just dying. I wonder yeah. if we're going to find out more about that next season and about the cloning program with the empire in general i'm very curious as where we're going next season can you believe we still have just half an hour to get them out of where like like like, it that it's like yeah i mean that ending was so just draining i remember just being like i'm i I felt like i felt like i couldn't like breathe properly yeah right like like heaving like jesus what are you doing um and yeah it was man it's just it's so much it because yeah you feel the weight not only in terms of the universe, but yeah, like just as fans, it feels mm-hmm. like it's, it's just, yeah, it's the punctuation of this, this time. And, and I think just going back to Imperial Venators, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, this is the tragedy of, I mean, a lot of us love those ships and a lot of us loved those ships because they had the Republic stripe on them and they were the good guy ship and they were cool. And now they're evil. And now they're mm-hmm. scary, and and they're, I mean, that shot of it coming out of the cloud, right? Like with the lightning, and and like that's like it's now a symbol of of darkness and An oppression, yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, it's it's just it's what's so good about this time frame, um, and and I think the the show like can't get enough credit for how well they they showed this transition of darkness. Yeah. It's funny because, like, we clearly are three very, very big fans of the animation. We are clearly very emotionally attached to the Star Wars animation. And, like, it has, I mean, obviously you guys have understood, too, it's over the years, especially with more casual fans or fans that you know in your life, just being like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I know it's animated, and that makes you think kids, and that makes you think lighthearted, and that makes you think, for some reason, not worth my time. And we have over and over and over and over again, Lucasfilm has proved us, proved to us that that is not the case. Some of the most beautiful storytelling in all of Star Wars is in the animation. Easily, hands down. Some of the best moments. 100%. Yeah. And that 
that and the fact that online so many people have taken the show and divulged it into a like a such a simple thing and like are it does not get enough credit online. I, it really does not. Yeah. And haven't we learned from the other animated series? That's the Come thing, on man. now. That's the thing. It that's why like you I can't like take them seriously anymore. No. Because this has been every single show where people say, Well, filler. Um and it's like it's just it's every single show. Like <laughs> they never learn. They never learn. Never and, learn. And yeah, it's like I can't imagine so publicly posting an L as saying as saying the the <laughs> animated stuff is less than. Like yeah. it is it's just so I I'm embarrassed for them at this point. Like and like that that's, ain't not, it, son. that's again, and that's not to say eh, they don't land for me, I don't really watch them. That's different. Yeah, it's but like- but devaluing them is is the point. Um, and so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I just I I'm embarrassed for those people to so like blatantly reveal their ignorance. But, yeah, <laughs> what can you do? All you all you can do is is get your bad betches show lined up and and talk about the good good. Absolutely, the, the nom nom. And like you said, it's spot on. Like, there's no point even worrying about those takes because it's just mm-hmm. it's noise. Yeah. It's noise. And you know what you can do to noise? Mute. Mute. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. And I, what I really, like I said, like there's so many, there's so many, like, like all it, that, that sequence of them just drinking me that was what, like what, three minutes long? Yeah. But there's so much to delve into. Though. Like the fact that. Like you said, Nikki, this is a symbol of the Republic, the Venator. Yeah. It's a symbol. It's it's the, it's the iconography of the clone troopers being controlled by the clone troopers, destroying the home and the birthplace of the clone troopers. It's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and there's like, no oh, emotion. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. So there's no emotion on their faces. It's should we do the order? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's again. This is all the tragedy because I remember people also early in the show being like, "Oh, I guess." I guess we're not stunning the, the clone troopers anymore. I'm like, right. yeah, because they're the bad guys. Like, yeah. it's 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 the sad truth. They're the bad guys now. They're the stormtroopers now. Like, it's um, yeah, that's like that's the point. The point is it sucks. The point is you. The point is they don't get to. Not everyone gets that nuanced, um, you know, pull back to the light. Yeah. Like it's yeah. yeah. Like that's that's the point. That's and you know you take it up with take it up with George Lucas, man. <laughs> this guy, this guy, perfected the form with the Order sixty six montage. <laughs> Look, and I would say that I would say this openly. A lot of people wishes they had they if they were in that situation. A lot of people wish they could be Ahsoka Tano and have the the sense of balance and righteous good to, you know, be like, look, we can try and stun them. We can try and save as many as we can. But the majority of everyone is going to be Yoda fucking throwing that saber on the chest, bouncing on them and be like, nope, not getting shot today. Like, you know, that's just, that's just life. You know, that's what it is. And because, yeah, like you said, like, and also the, the contextual information of not knowing everything, not knowing all the, all the information. I'm sure you didn't have a, you know, the, the down low on everything about fives and everything. So you just got to go with it. So, 
I thought it was a really great episode, a really great way to end. I have n- absolutely no idea what the second part of this of this finale is going to be. Right. Like, let, me, let me throw something out here really quick. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is hardly a prediction. Hardly a prediction. Just I want to bring some attention to one thing. And okay. that's don't count my guy Lama Sue out yet. They they ain't showed us the body. That's all I'm saying. We they know Star Wars body. rules. They, no what body, if they, no What if they left him behind and... The batch is like running through and they find him in like a cell and he's like, Sup. <laughs> he's like, <"What?" laughs> would you like would you like a way out? It's magnificent. Um <laughs> and and all, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is what if there's still one guy left on Camino? And and he might know. He might know a few tricks. This is my okay. Have you got a theory, Clerk? I've got one theory. I I have chosen not to theorize because i got nothing i got not only do i have nothing i have been repeatedly surprised with the story choices and even if i i just choosing to keep it that way i'm choosing to keep it that way in my own brain very cool live in the moment man i am living in the moment i got a cat in my lap we're talking about (laughs) this amazing episode it's international cat day just good good vibes right now good vibes Oh, Before can the I, pain on Friday. Let's <laughs> try Dooku for a second. Yes. Okay, everybody. Oh, you are heavy, dude. Hi. <laughs> International. There we go. Oh. What up, Chief? What's body. his um? What's his bow today? Um, it's navy blue and it has s'mores on it. There we go. We eating mm-hmm. tonight. <laughs> That's right. Good. Say hi, everybody. Yay. Okay, I'll put you Here back. Here we down. go. Oh, bless. Uh, my theory is that obviously the 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 city collapses into the water. And one thing we haven't seen so far this season, I don't think, and that we know, and we don't think are dead. Oh, yes! We know they ride them. Yes. Where's the stable? <laughs> the underwater stable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing. It's, yeah, I can't believe, I like it, yeah, I can't believe there's still half an hour to, to get, because it's like, yeah, where is everyone? Like, what is the enemy, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. they're just getting out. Like maybe it's like the Clone Wars finale, where like there wasn't really, um, like that last. What I forgot the last episode, victory or death. I think victory and death. Yeah, victory and yeah. death. Yeah. The the point was to get out. Yeah. Um, so maybe it'll be kind of like that. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. Super cool stuff. To point out what you said, Claire earlier, wouldn't it be great if like yeah they're trying to escape and the ship that ultimately collects them is the Regs. Yeah. Ah. Uh, oh. Like it's Gregor Rex and maybe Wolf. Well, they told Omega to call Rex. Yeah. It went yeah. out. And Gregor's um, with um, Gregor's with uh, Sid. Sid. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a great way to just bring them all together. Um, and uh, yeah, have uh, maybe Wolf there. Maybe maybe have my man cut. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be great. Cut partying. And he's like, hey, oh, there's, there's crosshair. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I was wondering where you were. Um, Cody. Oh my yeah. god. See, I oh man, I don't know how I feel about Commander Cody. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna see. I, th- him. I think he's. I think he would be a good villain still. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to show good. up in that capacity. Um, I think. I think maybe Kenobi series question mark. I don't know. Well, I I think Bad Batch would be a better place just because. I would love to. We know there's going to be a big confrontation. We know there's going yeah. to be some sort of rebellion at some point, potentially. And we know that things don't go well. And yeah. I think the two best friends 
Rex you and know. Cody meeting yeah. each other would be would be ouch time, like you said last week there, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um yeah, so many cool things they could do. I also want to throw back to last week's episode. Scorch is still out there. Scorch, baby. Because I remember thinking, what if the rescue attempt is on their, that planet and they shoot the whole place up? They did not. Scorch is still <laughs> out cool. there. The, the Delta Squad, again, would be a great villain foil for the Bad Batch. That'd be great. It was funny seeing StarWars.com sort of retroactively try and say, like, oh, we don't know if it's like completely scorched. And everyone's like, man, get that out of here. <laughs> Guys, shut, shut your mouth. Get out of it. Shut your mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really great. Like, it's like, no, come on. Come on now. <laughs> we know. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. But uh, there's so many great story arcs. I mean, it'd be great, cool to see Boba Fett. Maybe he showed up. It's like, oh, no, that's my home. <laughs> I still live it. <laughs> he still lives in the bedroom. <laughs> Joker Fett. like, no, my house. <laughs> Is this our first episode since the season two announcement? Yes, it is. Uh, that was a Great. shock. That was a big shock for me. Just, just that they did it like that. Uh, not that they, yeah, yeah. The way they announced, uh, that they announced it like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, maybe just to like give that extra boost for the finale. But, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, you just think about it, now that it's confirmed and obviously mostly done probably <laughs> by now. Yeah, um, it's a. Uh, it's uh, it's it's so cool to think about all these different threads that, you know, we've we've theorized about. I remember I remember thinking Cad Bane was going to be one of the big players, villain players now in in this season, and he's not. Um, so there's so many things of what they can reintroduce now. Yeah. Definitely coming back season two, Boba. We talked about all that. Um, yeah, it's super fascinating. Now that now that it's confirmed, what's it going to be? Super cool. And yeah, I, there's so much like you can just um, sort of theorize about, and we'll get more into it next week. I think with the finale, we'll have a bit more better understanding of where the show's going, and also it's just nice to wrap up. But I feel like there's one character that I rewatched an episode of, or like an arc of no, that no, one episode um, of this of the Clone Wars, and I was like, do you know what? Do you know who I'd like to see back? Dengar. Someone <laughs> <laughs> picks Dengar. I'd like hey there, Boba. <laughs> I there thought you were about to say Mieber Gascon. Dude, young, like, young, oh my lord. <laughs> young, sexy Dengar was, was a vibe. Right? Oh. He's toilet roll. Like, he's fit. He's a fit man. Just <laughs> a shot of him there compared to him in episode 9. Yeah. Oh, oh how the mighty have fallen. Bless him. A really yeah. underrated moment. Mm. Just the fact that Dengar did that to himself. It's yeah. It's so Palpatine. <laughs> like he's up he's up there with the say you can't let go you can't let go he's willing to turn himself into a monster but um anyway as you were saying <laughs> yeah, um i thought it was yeah really cool um yeah I, I i'm really intrigued to see where they go and i, I can't wait to see what will happen next uh, let's just wrap up if you've got any questions quickly um send them in we'll try and answer them before i wrap up because this is a pretty beefy episode uh we have people saying here we go. Um, Chad says, I found that the same feeling in the music cues of the Clone Wars episode shattered right in the beginning. You hear the Clone Wars trumpet and it just crunched me. End of an era. Yep. 100%. The sadness. Um, observation, Chad. 
Canon Junkie says, if we're already at this point in season one, I can only imagine the depth of storytelling we're going to get soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. totally. This is, this is what? This is still 19 BBY. This is still Revenge of the Sith, yeah. yeah think about... Yeah. Think about uh, 18 BBY, baby. <laughs> 18 maybe. <laughs> now we're talking. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, such, it's so hefty. I wonder if it's going to be the same amount of episodes, because I remember thinking when they were like 16 episodes, like, oh, more than I thought. Um, and yeah, I, I hope it's the same. I hope it's the same depth. I hope they, yeah, I'm just super excited. Like, I think that's the, the main key. I think there's a thing about like not wanting to throw too many I wants, I wants. Uh, I think that's dangerous territory. Can can fall very easily into uh, the uh, the people talking about wasted potential. <laughs> um, which, Go back to another episode. You can hear me talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, and, and yet, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's super exciting that it's just happening in the first place. Do you think there will be a time jump? Mm. I hope not. I I don't know if there will be a time jump, yeah. but I kind of not initially. It, yeah, I I just kind of hope that we get to dive into you know. Hopefully everybody makes it out next Friday, but it just I, I think that there's a lot of messy interactions that would go on immediately post leaving Camino that I want to see. I want mm-hmm. to see, and I they've done such an excellent job with character this season, and they're I just think that it would be so juicy. So I hope there's not. I I genuinely. Hope I, I will yeah. say like. For me, I think it would be interesting if if they know that this there's a pre certain amount of seasons. Like if they if they knew there was only going to be three seasons to say, I think it would be interesting if they did like a similar time scale in terms of years of like maybe like two years in between. Oh, that would like be really, like the trilogy. Yeah, like if season two is like two years later, and then we get, we get we, like we start off at a point where like whoa, whoa, whoa what's happened here? Like the there's differences, and then you sort of throughout the season, then you learn that like what's happened. Yeah. How the galaxy changed. I think it's like most things where you can't know until it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we'll find if they do a time jump, we'll know if it was worth it or not. Like that's like my whole thing with Kenobi. When people are like, I don't want it to do this, 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 and this. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you can't know until they do it. Yeah. And then you can decide. Because yeah, they could they could make that choice and it could be amazing. Right? Or yeah. or it'll be like, Well, I wish I saw those conversations. Um so yeah, it's hard to say. I think I think context yeah, like, definitely like Rogue One first it. flashbacks in Star Wars movies. Like it's just because it hasn't been done yet doesn't mean it's not going to get executed well. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, I think its context will will mean a lot. Yeah. For so yeah, we'll just see. Uh, we have uh, this is a great point from Hannah who says Az can turn into a jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes him on the one. whole batch on the back of AZ wrecker first and then everybody like grabs a limb that's amazing oh well like, like standing up like a, like a sort of um, like, like a, a water bottle cone like they're all yeah they're on their shoulders yes oh my god can you imagine oh. and then crosshairs like um, Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith waking okay. up like <laughs> I'm glad I'm, wait, I'm glad you mentioned that really quickly because massive vibes from hunter of his fate will be the same as ours yes yes um i thought that was nice leave him or never make it yeah Mm -hmm. 
We see uh, you doing palps. We see you. <laughs> Clone humor. <laughs> says AC three four five two one one eight nine six two four six. Beautiful. Four nine eight seven two one three four seven. Jessica survival mode. Um, <laughs> what a name, by the way. Um, King. Chad says they're going to escape from the passage, secret passageway in Night Nine's broom closet. I'll keep my NSFW 99 takes to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Got a lot of theories about 99. <laughs> uh, Matthew Turbo said, Do we know it's going to be a 30 minute episode or are we getting a longer finale like the opening episode? I I would imagine it's probably 30 minutes, but I'm willing to be surprised. They haven't done that for a while. Yeah. At least, or they didn't do it since I think Rebels. I think Rebels might have been the long long finale. Um, The Clone Wars one, was the last one like, was that 30 minutes? It was, it was like shorter. The Victory or Death was like 25 or something. Oh, okay. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, uh, they haven't done it in a while, but maybe. I think, I don't know. Again, it's like I don't know what they do with that much time. It's like we can't. Even, like I'm just, it's it's hard to even think what thirty minutes could happen. Um, so, so yeah, I I would suspect sort of similar to to everything else. Uh, Kendrick, says, I'd love to see this go year, but year right up to solo. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, how far is that away? That's like that's ten years before A New Hope, right? Yeah, like, so the, the would... crux of Solo is like that so this would be uh, eight nine years or so yeah yeah i think so. unless you mean the corellia part which i think is three years before the 10 years <laughs> um which would be anyway. seven, seven years yeah, after something like that. Three, maybe six or um, seven pretty cool let's have a look what else have we got i just want the bad batch to like retire is that too much to ask it's like it's just like with cut earlier this season can they have a break please yeah it's like can we not see them again (laughs) like can can we happily ever after go off into the sunset kind of thing i believe they made that (laughs) uh king george says rex seemed distracted last time we saw him he looked behind him on the hologram and had to run so maybe he was working or finding wolf that's my theory Mm. yeah he could also potentially be at the the clone Gay club on a on a coruscant. Why is he wearing the poncho? Fashionable. <laughs> it's wet, wet poncho night at. at uh, I, bet, I bet. I bet that club is insufferable now. It's just. What was it called? I, can't, I can never remember the name. It was a number, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, clone 69. bar coruscant. Come on, if the chat's got it, let us know. Seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. There we go. Oh, Seventy-nine. It's a close. Your mother's um, a droid. <laughs> Greatest Star Wars insult of all time. Amazing. Hey, your mother's a droid. Yeah, um, I'm not going to pay for taxi. <laughs> Got him. But, but yeah, I think I think Wolf having Wolf come back would be super cool. Um, and then yeah, there's obviously some operation going on with Rex, so we'll we'll find that out. Sure enough, uh, Matthew Mall says. Can could Thrawn return as Rampart's new boss? I think we talked about this, but um, Thrawn is set later, right? Yeah, some yeah. timeline timeline issues there. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> you never know what they <laughs> fiddle with. Um, but yeah, what we know now, I think it would still be a bit too early. Yeah. Uh, we have, and Matt also says, "Where is Yularen?" Which I like to add: Is he safe? Is he all right? <laughs> yes, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Has he? 
transferred to security yet? That's my question. Because mm. that's, that's what he does eventually. Yeah, um, I, would, I don't uh, know if there's a story for that or not. I think also, like, behind the scenes, I feel like it's... I think we should probably mention the fact that Tom Kane, you know, probably isn't in the best shape to do the voice right That's now. True. So it's yeah. probably very unlikely that we'll get Yularen anytime soon. And also that I hope he's feeling okay and yeah. um, love to him and family. Um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see Yularen maybe potentially just like with the ISB um, training Little Callus. That's another show spin off on pitching. Little callus. Little callus, baby. It's got the, like little sideburns haven't yet grown in yet. <laughs> like He's little callus. <laughs> <laughs> They're patchy. Yeah. <laughs> little callus. He's a rascal. ISP babies. <laughs> oh my god. That'd be such a vibe. Oh. Why aren't they hiring us for stuff? I know, right? Like <laughs> it's literally a it's literally a idea factory right here. <laughs> My little Alexander. Yeah, precisely. Oh, baby Callus. Yeah, we'd love that. Oh, Dukes. The chair's not a scratching post, bro. It's like it's International Cat Day. It's whatever I, I say, it is. Really, <laughs> look at this claw coming up from the deep. Ah! <laughs> Jesus, I need to trim your nails, bro. Stop. Oh man. Okay, well, I think it's time for us to give our overall thoughts and score before Claire gets murdered by her cat. Oh um, but of course, we can't do this without our good friend Omega and Lula. Um, who wants to go first and give their rating for the penultimate episode of The Bad Batch? No one wants to. I have to pick again? Okay, Claire, go first. We demand direction. <laughs> <laughs> we are lemmings. Okay, we follow your crosshair. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good soldiers follow orders, Charlie. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, th- this this episode, God, I don't know. I don't know if I quite have the words to describe how how much I enjoyed this episode. I genuinely good thing I do a podcast. Really, really good thing for me. Um, <laughs> it was unexpected it was a it was repeatedly a gut punch it was an emotional roller coaster it it did not go the way i expected and i'm really excited about that i there there are so many small details that made this absolutely perfect heartbreaking devastating thrilling storytelling and i i i I don't I don't know what else to say other than 10. 10. I'm giving this a damn 10. I know I don't give 10s. We got there. I know I don't give 10s. I don't, but this gets a 10. This episode was from the music to just it was so perfectly executed. The characters were so just everything was really great. It's a 10, guys. I gave it a 10. I just I love this one. It was really good. And I loved it so much that even though we've just talked about it for an hour and a half, after we turn this off, I'm probably going to go watch it again because it's so good. It's and so like good. think of 50 new things to say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's ah. why I always think of these as rough drafts. Like you guys, like listeners, you are getting the rough draft of our thoughts <laughs> on this because it's like 
there's there's still so much you think about. Um, it's great. Wake up in the middle. I know, go. right, Hannah? Hannah I'm knows. As you guys are. It's been a long ride, guys. Ten. Did that. Ten I'd like to thank, I'd like thank. To thank my mom, my dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank the gods we got there. Nikki. We made it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess... Yeah, well, what else? What else can be said? I think um, if you were here for my my crosshair manifesto, I think I think I think that said everything about that. Um, what I thought about this episode, because yeah, it was just it it pushed every button in just the most emotionally true way, and it offered um, it offered questions that were not cut and dry answers, and I think that is a real testament to what this, this show and the writers do. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, gosh, the, the, the hero moment of them fighting together is, is just up there, up there in the, the, the storied halls of great star Wars moments for me. I, yeah, like, I, I don't even remember how I, it was like out of body, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, like, it's just, it was just like everything we've been waiting for waiting for this moment where they fight together again. Um, and then again, to have it muddied almost immediately. Um, so yeah, just amazing stuff. I, I can't believe how, how well this show has just done and like been for me personally. Um, it's, it's just been so good. So yeah, you know, you know, the drill here, 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, that's absolutely perfect. Uh, can junkie says, uh, can't wait to see the Crosshair Manifesto scrawled on the bathroom stall. <laughs> <laughs> I think Nikki's going to go for Martin Luther, just go out nailing it to people's doors. Yeah. <laughs> this is my religion now. <laughs> it's free to join. No no uh, membership costs. Uh, Matthew Moll says, this episode ruined my Camino life. 10 out of 10. Uh, Chad says, absolute 10. Canon Junkie says, damn 10. Uh, can you enjoy six says, 10 out of 10. Would recommend Claire Gaming. Which is a, a nice little Facts. plug. Alongside. Which means see you tomorrow night, gang. 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Thank you for plugging for me. I like this. Here we go. I don't have to do anything. I'll let the chat do it. <laughs> uh, Sam says, I'm sad. We can start with ending for now. Me too. Yeah, but we we got we got the stories there still, you know. We have got all that that good stuff. Um, we've got the comics. We've got you got the Imperial Set podcast on Apple Podcasts that you can listen yeah. to. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, the real world between worlds is Disney Plus. Because <laughs> <laughs> you walk in, and in the little windows, every story you could love and imagine, <laughs> and you just select which one you want to watch. It's it's beautiful. Uh, Hannah is given a 10 out of 10 as well uh, I'm going to give my score I, I, I can't I, you you both explained it much better than I ever could um, really great episode, fantastic stuff uh, I mean I'd give like 5 stars for like just the um, music you know um, I you know um, I just really enjoyed the character development, I thought the, the aesthetics were beautiful um, the emotional hit that sequence, like you said, thinking of them coming together, and the fact that the kindness finally pumped up the music, so we finally got there. Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, Bob says nine for him, no episode can be 10 out of 10. Uh, uh, that's just my opinion. <laughs> Your opinion sucks, Bob. 
I would. Just, I will say. I. I personally think it was ten out of ten for me. I, yeah. Like that. That moment in the training center. I couldn't go back. Like that was. That was it. Like you hit. The, you hit the score. The red line had been crossed. You can't go down from the red line. You hit me in the in the Camino spot. And there's no point. There's no going in back. the K spot, if you will. In the K spot, yeah, absolutely. Um, the mysterious K spot, which, which, as you know, they is found in... it. They found it somehow. Yeah, it should be here, but it isn't. <laughs> and as you know, it's oh, fully moist. Um, yes, so... it is. Camino, you always known to be fully moist. Poker uh... City's very, very moist. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about to be a lot more moist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, ten out of ten for me. I really loved it. Um, this is that's the golden one. buzzer. The Matthew golden Mo. buzzer. Oh yeah, all three of us. Three tens, ten. baby. Tens three across tens. the board. Woo! Uh, Matt says the final episode is just Dexter Jixter scuba diving, collecting debris. It would be great <laughs> for him because he's got four arms. You can collect loads of shit at, at the same time. Okay. <laughs> no? How would he swim? I'm trying to think of how he would swim. Would you use the backs the lower set of arms as an extra pair of feet to kick or would we be paddling in some sort of for anyone who's seen the suicide squad i imagine him swimming like weasel oh no (laughs) i look forward to finding out what you mean by that that's that's how i see that image Uh, so yeah (laughs) oh no Okay. Uh Kandrinks has worked the case bot. Of course, you should always work the case bot. If anyone tells you the case bot doesn't exist, they're lying. It does. It does. Just takes a little search and you'll find it. You'll find it. <laughs> it's supposed to be here. <laughs> Ooh, Master, somebody removed it from the archive. I can't remember it. <laughs> oh, the mind of a child. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> Star Wars, the gift that keeps on giving. Catrix is noting, you know. Oh, baby. There we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor. Do you know what? Now that's given me a newfound like sadness for Chicasta New. She's like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm leaving. She's just giving up. <laughs> just giving up. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Ever since Dooku of Serena left. Oh, he's curved hilk and no one could, <laughs> no one could replace that. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect spot to uh, get involved into the uh, the plugs and then wrapping up the episode. Um, <laughs> of course, you can find the Imperial Senate podcast on Twitter at ImpsNetPod and on Instagram at ImperialSnetPod. Um, Claire, where can people find you, though? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Seastribs. That's that's part of my name. Don't wear it out. And uh, you can catch me every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on the Imperial Senate Podcast, Twitch, where I will be streaming video games and, like, probably drinking wine and just hanging out. It's a real good time. It's just kind of hanging out with your Star Wars friends every Tuesday night because, come on, it's Tuesday. What are y'all doing anyway? Um, (laughs) 
Um, what else? Oh, yes. Um, tonight, this very evening at 9 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to be on the Broaxium channel um, as I have joined their Quick Shot crew. If you're not familiar with Broaxium, they break down... They break down all the Star Wars comics, and the morning that each new Star Wars comic comes off, they do a little preview without spoiling all of the really good stuff. So it's really cool, real, real cool. I cover Dr. Afra for them, which is exciting. And so, yeah, tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, I'll be there on the, on the Braxton channel, shooting the poodoo, doing my thing, and it's going to be great. Perfect. Yeah, don't forget to check them out. Give them like, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Uh, Nikki, where can people find you and your stuff? Yeah, as it says on my little rectangle thing, at Nikwishis is where you can find me on Twitter. Uh, talking about Crosshair, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, hang out there if you uh, are not currently following me, um, or don't follow me, and just have a look around. Make sure it checks out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I'm there. You can listen to the one and done film club, which is a fun commentary uh, franchise film commentary show. Um, I do. And we've got some fun stuff. I think now there is a, um, we have since updated since the prequel episode that we have a very fun statistics episode where we learn our, we learn a lot about the different movies that came into the one and done film club. Um, we learn about their budgets, their box office, their critical reception, all sorts. And all this data goes into the mixer, and we find out what the best movie of uh, season one was. And so it's a, it's a fun episode. Um, and then we also have a another special commentary one uh, coming out very soon. And then season two, we'll be right back at it. And let me tell you, it's better than season one, I think. Um, so that's a, a fun project. Come check that out. Um, did I say that's that one and done show? I don't know if I did, but, uh, um, you can say it again. Okay. It's on, on Twitter at one, the letter N done show. And then of course you can also catch me on the Imperial Senate Patreon, where there are some very cool things coming, um, this month where we already have the sacred Jedi bricks, which is a Lego based show. Um, and then I've got some, uh, other shows for fans of animation, um, big one coming up there. Uh, we're going to watch some episodes together. And then we got a sort of general talk kind of thing. And then fans of the Premier League, we're going to do a little bit of uh, Premier League talk and specifically the Imperial Senate podcast fantasy Premier League talk. We're going to be talking about that. There we go. We got the we got the goods right there, and um, yeah, I'll uh, put on our Twitter account the the code if you'd like to join. You have just under a week. Um, I think by Friday you need to have submitted your teams and everything. Um, so yeah, we'll put the invite code up online. Um, it's it's a fun thing, and if you're a Patreon member for one dollar a month, you can uh, listen to the show where we break it all down. So yeah, that's uh that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, we also have Nikki. Should we tell them the the big news? Um, let's let's do it. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, uh, this is a this is like a breaking news, I guess. Like a, <laughs> breaking, 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 breaking. For uh, any ISP fan who is a big uh, ISP fantasy fantasy league fan, if you want to join our Premier League thing, we have a new shirt on our 
Tee Public store. And it's real cute. Special mm. design. Special design. You've got the Imperial Senate Fantasy Football League. Uh, and we've got a little callback there. You know, yeah. Premier League style. All good. We'll add, All we'll available. Add some, yeah, we'll add some higher resolution <laughs> images to, to the tweet <laughs> online. But there's your special sneak peek of uh, of the cool the cool design we got there for, for a brand new season of Fantasy Premier League. So, yeah, we hope to see you there. Yeah, and me and Nikki are part of it, so you can, you'll be competing against us, of course, alongside a lot of the people you see in the chat. Our good friend Bob is part of there. Got a lot of cool people. Matt, Matt Turbo is part of there. So, yeah, join us. We have a lot I'd of fun. Like to, but I don't know enough. You can still join. Watch you can me, join and forget about it. All your asses. <laughs> yeah, you just get the winning formula. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. And for, for the the reference, uh, or for, for being so particular of relevance to this show. I will say my team name is Goal Force 99. I was pretty pleased with it. That's that was true. a good, that was a good one. Yeah. And I got the like dark gray and red, uh, uni- uh, kits on. So they're looking good. My one was like specific if you know, but if you know Star Wars and Arsenal, cause my one is she bolds under 23. <laughs> Just, you know, very specific. Yep. Very specific audience for that, yep. but I was proud of it, you know. But yeah, it's a good time. Come make a fun name for your team, and uh, we'll see what happens. You get you, you get a cool thing at the end, which yes. maybe yeah. next maybe next week I'll show you the cool thing because um, I have a cool thing. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, well uh, that is a little tease to show up next week because we know that's why you're here. Absolutely, uh, and yeah, and you can follow, find me on Twitter at cm. W-A-S-H-B-Y, as you can see here. Uh, and you can also support me on Patreon and Ko-fi, the links of which are available through my Twitter bio and my Linktree URL, So, which is what it looks like this. Of course, you can see like my website, portfolio, links to my personal uh, podcast network, where you have shows like PondaVision, which the next episode, uh, well, the latest episode came out this week, which was the Loki finale, but also we'll have an episode coming out this upcoming, or well, it'll be tomorrow, actually, Monday, where I spoke with, well, me and Ash spoke with Claire. And me! Black Widow. It was so much fun. We had a really good time, and I laughed my ass off, so you should go. You should go listen to it when it comes out. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. We got to tell, um, we talk, talked about a lot, obviously, the film, how much we enjoyed the Black Widow, mm-hmm. the, the pros, the cons, and also uh, I, I got to teach Claire about the creepy Ant-Man. Yeah, that I I have seen images I will not ever unsee. So thank you for that. <laughs> you are welcome. My nightmares are haunted. <laughs> I've never slept again, and I never will. Um, it's fine, it's fine. I'm not paranoid in the shower anymore. It's cool. It's cool. Angel <laughs> Six says we need the eyebrow eyebrow wiggle redemption for Claire on the ISP Twitch, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Uh, Bob says neither does Charlie Claire, which is funny. Ah, that's you. a really that's a really funny uh, comment from Bob there. That's, Got him. His his stand up DVD is actually coming out next week. Um, Dang! Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh gracious me! Uh, for people that don't know, me and Bob are friends in real life. Hence the uh, the bickering and the, the fun little banner. Bob Bob has the the glorious um, burden of. Being able to take it. 
So yeah, when, when we're all, we're like, why are they shouting at Bob so much? Like, it's because it's, it's, it's Bob. It's because it's Bob and because it's Charlie. Just let him go. Because we love him. He <laughs> knows us. We do love Bob. Uh, Kansas says, creepy Ant-Man, what the fuck? Yeah, look, uh, if you want to know more about it, I, I recommend going to Apple Podcasts, searching for the Charlie Ashby Network and searching for that, and you will find the latest episode of the Pondivision coming out tomorrow, as well as a bunch of other cool shows, including the Charlie Ashby Show, in which I interview uh, my close uh, friends and other creative people that I don't really know that much and get to speak to them one-on-one about creative stuff. I spoke to Claire and Nikki, which was great episodes. We talked about our own personal creative um, lives and how we grew up and the ways that we have similarities and differences. Pretty fun. Um, and also we've got uh, Batman Returned, which is a show I do with our good friend Auden, in which we go through each season, we go through a particular phase of Batman films. The so season one was the, uh, the Burton Schumacher films, which of course is everyone knows is fantastic. Uh, we go for the Christopher Nolan films, which everyone hates, obviously. Um, <laughs> And we're going to be wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> we we have like a, we have like the the core episodes, and then we have like a, a bit of a break. Um, before we do, you know, like we have a bit of a break, and then we go into like a, a sort of override wrap up of everything that's going on. So we have so for the, for, the, for the final episode of season two, we'll be doing practically everything from 1997 till two. Oh no, sorry, uh, 2005 up to 20. 13 to talk about everything that happened in between that time in terms of comic books, animated shows, anything to do with Batman, anything up- updated that might, you know, help us improve from next season. And then next season, season three is one that I am, perp- I'm very much excited to do because it's pretty much a torture session for Alden. Um, Cause I'm going to force him to watch man of steel up till Zack Snyder's justice league. So Oh, you guys have Man of Steel as part of the, the rundown? I, I did include... Okay, I included Man of Steel because I feel like if we're going to do the Snyder, Snyder season properly, you have to have the... I'm going to use it as a prologue episode. Yeah. But I feel like you just have to like build it up if you're going to include that. Go all the way. Go all the way. And also, it's a bit of extra pain. Because so, I'm mean <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> I love him, really. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all that. Uh, we have a super chat. From Anakin Skywalker himself. Hey. Uh, oh, so yeah, shout man. out to Anakin Skywalker. Thank you for the for the super chat. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank did you. Did you guys cry for Kamina destruction? Uh, define cry. Do you mean like tears that leave your tear ducts, or do you mean like you're spiritually you're defeated? Because I was the latter. <laughs> Bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So I don't think any tears actually left my eyeballs. But they weld with them, so yeah. it was yeah. it was a solid solid. It's I was like, I'm like, what's from a from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? The security guard who's like, nope, no tears, and like sucks it back in. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> Get back in there! <laughs> oh yeah, the like police guy. I love him so the, much, the Mr. Yeah. T. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, good show. But yeah, right, really good, really hey. good stuff. Hey. Uh, King George Six says, "I've never, I've never seen any Superman film. You've never seen Superman the movie. First of all, no, go well. back, and, <laughs> go back and do that. that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my, that's my little um, tip for the week. 
you know, the thing we do every week, the Charlie's Tips yeah. of the Week. We're going gonna to end this call Just the or this, this stream, and then you're going to move over to wherever your TV is, <laughs> and then you're going to watch Superman. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think that's all we've got time for this week. So thank you very much for listening. This is a very, very packed episode. Um, I think this is our longest yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, I'm surprised, but I'm not because, not. you know. This is the good, good. Good stuff. I I weep for next week and <laughs> the length of that episode. Yeah. But, we'll be here all night, to be honest. <laughs> but until then, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time. Uh, may the force be with you. See ya. Bye, everyone.